Hey guys, Aussie Firebug here with another article for people in Australia trying to reach financial independence. Um, my latest article is entitled Rent Vesting, um, and I think it's a really, really cool uh, concept. I, the word itself doesn't really um, sit well with me for some reason. I just think it's a, a disgusting mashup of words, but the concept is really cool, and I think a lot of young people, especially if you're living in Sydney or Melbourne, um, could benefit potentially from this, um, tactic. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just going to get into it. Uh, rent vesting. What, first of all, what is rent vesting? You might be able to figure out a little bit about rent vesting just from the name. It's probably going to have something to do with renting, probably going to have something to do with investing. And that is hundred percent true. I describe rent vesting. The easiest way I put it is rent where you want to live, while you invest where it makes sense. Um, so basically, you if you want to live in the two major cities in Australia, Sydney and Melbourne, um, to buy real estate in those two cities, you would have to have such an enormous amount of money at the moment um, that a heap of people are finding that it's just it's unaffordable and they can't buy in these two cities now. I didn't hear about rent vesting. I only heard about it probably last year, and I'm sure it's been around a lot longer, but I think it's now um, becoming a lot more popular just because of the climate that we're currently in. We're currently in a climate where heap of first home buyers can't enter, they can't get their foot into the property market in the two major cities, Sydney and Melbourne. So people, well, some people are turning to rent vesting to help that situation out. So so I've described it, you know, rent where you want to live and invest where it makes sense. Let's, um, let's just consider for a moment the old school way, how it used to be to buy a house, um, you know, for, for your mum and dad, how, you know, the, the stock standard formula they used to use to buy a house. It would be you know, go to school, get a good job, save enough money for a deposit, buy a house, pay it off, live happily ever after. But because of the climate in the two major cities at the moment, a heap of people, majority of people can't do that. The house prices are rising faster than they can save for that deposit. Or they've got the deposit, but the loan amount would be so massive that they don't feel comfortable taking on that mortgage and then having that mortgage for 25, 30 years. So that isn't, that's, unless you've got really wealthy parents or you've inherited a whole bunch of money, um, that stock standard formula isn't gonna work for, for, for a normal person with a normal um, paying job these days. So, uh, and in my article as well, I don't know if anyone got this reference, um, the the smashed avocados reference. I I wrote a little joke. Um, the new the new formula is get arts degree, smash skipped avocado for three thousand a uh, six thousand three hundred and sixty three days, pay deposit, uh, pay off your loan, enter death blissfully, knowing your financial situation will not follow you to the afterlife. Now the the smashed avocados. I hope someone at least at least someone got it. Um, you would have seen, or hopefully you would have read the the Australian. Um, some guy wrote, I think he was a baby boomer, I think. He wrote this article about um, millennials spending too much money on breakfast and how they're spending $22 on smashed avocado on bread 
and they should be saving more money for a house, which I sort of agree with, but I just thought it was it was a pretty funny article, and then a whole bunch of people on the internet got really angry, a whole bunch of millennials, and SBS wrote an article about, um, I stopped eating smashed avocados, and now I own a castle, which I thought was pretty funny, so I'll link to it on the in the article. Um, so back to my, back to my original point. Um, so you have that, you have that situation where, uh, you can't get your foot in the property market. You don't want to, but your money's sort of sitting in the bank. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's earning paltry interest. You know, the, the savings accounts are what, like three, 3.5% or something, you know, super low. Um, you know, you're sort of frustrated. You're sitting on the sidelines. You can't get your foot in the door. Um, you know, what are you going to do? So rent vesting, what a few people have started doing is they're renting where they want to live. So they don't want to give up the fact that they live in a world-class city, which Melbourne and Sydney are definitely world-class cities. They're one of the best two cities in the entire world. So they love living in those cities. So, so they keep renting in those cities, but they use the money that they've got, their savings that they've got that isn't quite enough maybe for Melbourne or Sydney or they just don't want to, maybe it is enough, but they don't want to take on this massive mortgage. They use those funds. And if you want to get into the, the um, real estate market, they invest where it makes sense. They invest elsewhere, which might be interstate. You know, it might not be Melbourne or Sydney because that's too expensive. It might be Queensland. It might be Tasmania. I don't know. Somewhere else where it makes more sense to do so. Let's just take Queensland, for example. I know the uh, medium house price in Queensland is a lot lower and the um, rental yields are a lot higher. So that makes, to me, that makes more sense if I was investing to invest in somewhere like that rather than Melbourne or Sydney who, who potentially is in, is in a bubble. You know, the houses might, the, the, the prices might pop all these things are going on. Maybe you don't want to. You don't want to buy a house in there because think about it. When you buy a house, that's your biggest asset. For ninety nine percent of people, buying the house is going to be their biggest asset for their entire lives. And it's really funny. Heaps of people I always hear they're like, "Oh, you know, we we bought here, like we paid an extra hundred thousand dollars, but um, you know, we're going to rent it out in." Uh, 10 years or so and you know it's going to make us all this money or like it's, it's going to turn into an investment that's not the way you should be thinking about investing nine times at more 99 times out of 100 where you want to live where it's desirable for you to live is not the best place to invest so when you buy a house that's pretty much your biggest investment unless you are unless you actually have other investments and you're diversified for the majority of people, their family home is going to be their biggest asset they ever own in their lives. So it sort of bugs me a bit when people are like, oh yeah, we bought here, um, yeah, just because it's going to make a better investment. It's like, no, you bought there because you wanted to live there and you're justifying spending the extra money because you think it's going to be a better investment. But you have, I, you know, I promise you, if I ask them, you know, anything to do with um, the the market there, um, the potential, like the the infrastructures coming up, the population growth, anything like that, they they wouldn't have researched. It's it's purely a an emotional decision, and that's shouldn't you shouldn't be making emotional decisions when you're investing. So I had a um, 
had a little story in my article about um, this guy named Harry from Melbourne. You know, he wants to get into the housing market, but uh, he's got a deposit, but it's not quite enough, and the market is rising faster than he can save. And he's been saving for years now, and, you know, he's seen the last decade, year after year, his friends, his family have bought it, bought houses, bought real estate, and they keep getting um, wealthier and wealthier, wealthier. And here he is sitting on the sidelines, waiting for something to happen. Um, he's trying to save his ass off. He can't save faster than the market can rise. Um, and he doesn't know what to do. He's, he's banging his head against the wall, like thinking, what can I do? I don't want to... Um, technically, he can take out a loan with a bank. They will give it to him at like 95% LVR. But he doesn't want to have a loan that big and then stress out for 25, 30 years um, about you know what happens if I lose my job, how am I going to afford the mortgage, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he's he's at a crossroads. He comes across rent vesting and he's like, how can this how can this help me? So he decides to keep living in Melbourne because he loves living in Melbourne. All his family and friends there, he loves it. Um, but he's going to get into the housing market in another state. He's going to invest maybe in Queensland, like I said. So he gets into the housing market. He uses his deposit that wasn't quite enough in Melbourne. He buys an investment property in Queensland, which the the yield is a lot better. Let's say um, he buys under market value and the rent coming in covers all his expenses. So he doesn't have to pay anything to hold on to that asset. That, as, that, as, that asset is looking after itself. He has to do a few you know, paperwork a couple times a year, whatever, to keep it running, but um, he's not losing money. He's not negative gearing like a dummy uh, every year to hold that asset. So now... Harry continues renting at a lower price, by the way. I, I wrote an article, and it's in it's in this rent vesting article. It's linked in there, um, rent versus buy. And you read that article just to um, you know familiarize yourself with all the extras that come with buying a house. 90% of the time, uh, renting is cheaper than buying. And if you live in Melbourne and Sydney, that becomes 110% of the time. There's no way that you will buy a house in Melbourne and have it work out cheaper than if you were, if you had rented. Okay, so read that article if you're interested. Um, so so back to Harry. So he, he he's buys in Queensland and he holds onto it and it doesn't cost him any money to hold onto. He puts his deposit on it and then he continues living his life for, life for a few more years. And all the capital gains that are happening in the housing market, he's now a part of. He is not outside the market now he's in the market so anything that happens and that also includes losses potentially um so anything that that you know if there's another housing boom or something like that he can benefit from that now he's not continuously just staying out of the market and you know saving 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 and uh potentially have it keep going up keep going up and him not benefit benefiting from it um he's in the market now maybe five seven 10 years go by and he is ready to buy a house because there's a lot of intangibles that come from buying a house. Like it's not all about the money. There's a, there's a lot of, um, you know, your castle, you've got to raise a family in it. Um, you want that security. There's things that you can't put a dollar on. And I understand that. So circumstances change. So let's say that Harry, after 10 years, wants to buy a house. Um, he can. He can sell his investment property and then he gets all his, his deposit um, completely back and any capital gains that he made that whole time, he's now um, he can now use that for a deposit in Melbourne. So 
that's an example of how someone can use rent vesting to live where they want to live at a much cheaper rate by renting and investing where it's smarter to invest. Um, a few pros and cons. So I'm going to go th- over the pros of, um, of rent vesting. So no mortgage stress. If you think about the example I used with um, Barry, uh, not Barry, Harry, um, he's renting in Melbourne. So he doesn't own a mortgage. He's, he might be locked into a year's contract, if that. His mortgage that he has, so he, he, he has a mortgage, but the key difference with rent vesting as opposed to buying is he's not paying for the mortgage. He has tenants that are paying the mortgage off for him. So if the person that's paying off the mortgage for him gets sick, they, they, lose, you know, they lose their job or they've got to move or something happens to them, guess what? New tenants come into his house and then they start paying the mortgage off for him. If he gets sick, let's say something happens to Harry, uh, you know, he comes down with an illness, he's got to look after his sick mom, like back home, whatever. He is not locked into a mortgage now. He's renting. So he's super flexible. He can pick up his stuff. He loses his job. He can move from where he's renting into maybe a cheaper place or he can move back home, whatever. He's got, he got, he's got all his options are open. If he gets a raise, he, he's earning more money. He can move into a more expensive place to rent. He can live a bit, live a bit more luxurious for a bit. He's, the flexibility is a massive uh, part of the rent vesting lifestyle. So he's, he hasn't got mortgage stress because the mortgage that he does own is being paid for and he's got that flexibility to adjust to the situation as it occurs. If you, if you take on that huge mortgage, you better hope that you're in a job and you, you're earning good money for 25 years so you can pay it off because as soon as you're not, you know what are you going to do? You might be able to move out and rent it but as we, you know, as I talked about before, maybe the place that you bought wasn't the best investment, and you know, maybe it's not, you know, that desirable street. You know, you're not going to get that much um, rent for it. The the um, rental yield is horrible, which it probably is if you're buying in in a city, in a Melbourne or city at the moment. So things like that. Um, exposure to the property market sooner. Um, I I just went over an example. Um, start building your wealth now, not later. So you can start your investment um, portfolio. Like everything that I've said has sort of been towards the property market, but it doesn't have to be property. It can be stocks, bonds, um, ETFs. It can be anything. When you rent, you've got so much more free cash flow um, up your sleeve. So where you put that is up to you, but you can start investing a lot sooner in life. And I am of the strong belief that if you invest before you own a home, you're going to benefit from it purely from compounding interest. So if you know what compounding interest is, that's good. If you don't, Google it. But um, that's that's my thoughts. If, if you plant the seed, you plant the seed earlier in life, it's going to pay huge div- dividends your whole entire life rather than if you spend, you know, the first 20 years paying off your family home and then you start investing for retirement, you know, you miss you missed out on 20 years of capital growth, of compounding interest, you know. 
yeah, you're not going to have your family home paid in the first 20 years, but so what? Like it, it's, it's all, it, it's all relative. Like maybe you do want a home cause you've got kids, you know, that's up to you. But for me, I'm more worried about starting that investment portfolio and growing it than I am, uh, than I am worried about the security I don't have with renting. Um, I pretty much went over all the pros, uh, but it, it has some cons. So, you know, this, this isn't perfect and it's definitely not for everyone. So, um, first con I've got here is you won't be paying off your home to live in. And I think there's a psychological connection with paying off something that's yours. You know, you have a home, it's yours, and now you're paying it off. Renting can feel like dead money and it can, I, I, you know, I rent, um, and it can sometimes feel at the end of the month, you got to pay all that money and you're like, damn, that's, you know, so much money going out of my account that I'm not going to get anything for. But you technically are, you, you know, you're having somewhere to live and the interest repayments on a huge loan is the same. So anyone that says to you that rent money is dead money, you just say to them that interest repayments are the exact same thing. And if they've got a loan in Melbourne or Sydney, their interest repayments are going to be astronomically huge. So you can just say that to them. Um Another con, no security in renting. There's no getting around that. You know, you can get kicked out any time. The, the landlord might sell, might move in himself, things like that. So uh, if you've got a cat, dog, pets, kids, whatever, sick, sick parents, you know, somewhere where you need to set up shop and you, you don't want to be disturbed, maybe this isn't the strategy for you. Uh and third and last, and this is a huge point, rent vesting is only for the disciplined. A mortgage acts as a forced savings mechanism. Someone that takes a mortgage out, let's say someone takes a mortgage out right now, they pay it off in 30 years. doesn't matter if they're not good with saving money. If you take out a mortgage, the bank is going to remind you very, very well that you need to pay it back. So mortgages are good for people that aren't disciplined because they, they have that real, you know, I need to pay, I need to pay it back or the, the bank's going to take, take my house. You know, it's, it's, it's a really good reminder that you need to pay your loan back, which I think is a good thing. If you're rent vesting and you're not disciplined, you're going to have all this um, extra cash lying around because renting by definition is cheaper than owning a home. If you waste it on clothes, um, you know, food, smashed avocados on toast, it's not going to work. 30 years is going to go by and the person that bought the home in Melbourne is going to have it paid off, hopefully, maybe not because it's a bit pretty uh, big loan and you're going to have nothing because you've been renting for 30 years and you haven't been investing. It only works if you're disciplined enough to take that surplus of cash and invest it in something, anything, real estate, bonds, whatever. But that's the only way it can work. If you're not disciplined, it's not going to work. It's going to backfire big time. So if you're not not in the if you're not a disciplined person, don't worry about this strategy. Just go with this go with the stock standard um, mortgage and just pay it off. Um, and that's pretty much pretty much it it guys. Um, you know, I've been rent vesting now for um, nearly a year. And, um, you know, you can follow everything on my site, my blog, 
Uh, it's www.aussiefirebug.com. Um, for me, it's 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 perfect for me and my partner. Like we um, we want to do traveling in the future. We've got no um, you know we've got no roots heavily planted where where we are. Um, we got this all this extra money that we can throw at our investments. Um, so it works really well for us. And this is someone I'm from country Victoria. So it's, I crunch the numbers and it still works out to be cheaper to rent in the country than it did to buy, even in the country. And the, the difference in house prices are way, way, way different. The country versus Metro. If I was in Melbourne or Sydney, wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be a question about whether or not I'd rent or buy. It would be renting 100% of the time. In the country, it's re- it's pretty close. It is it's it's you know it's really close, and a lot of it um, it deter you know it depends on um, appreciation of the house and everything like that. But it's it's a lot closer than the two sit the two biggest cities. Like it's it's a no brainer, I think. Unless you've got a darn good reason to buy a house, I don't, I don't think you know I think you'd have to be crazy to buy in those two cities unless you had a really good reason. Um, that's that's going to be it, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, my thoughts on the latest article. Um, to read the full article, head over to the website, Um So I've started a YouTube channel now. Uh, so you can see, uh, you can hear my voice and you can see what I'm viewing on my screen. If you're listening on SoundCloud, which I'm also on, um, SoundCloud. So this isn't going to be released as like an official podcast. This is just going to be like an article. Um, and I'm also on iTunes. Um, so please let me, please comment on the article or, um, flick us some feedback on the site or whether or not you liked it. And, um, until next time.